Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The best press woman in the league, and I'll shut up after this, because of the traditional reverence for the media and, and the tradition. No, Minnesota, because of the Griffiths. The famous story, and this is the promise I will shut up, gospel truth. The record leaving the uh, Minnesota press room was 5 a.m., after an afternoon game. <laughs> wow. Oh, come on. That is hard I'm just telling you the story. <laughs> now, I, I wasn't present for that. That is a story that was told over and over again to me when I when I uh, got on the beat. And and so and I and I but so five in the morning after an afternoon game. That's the AL record as far as we know. <laughs> that was before Bob Ryan's time and my time as a regular in the Twins press room. Uh, the the Twins room is what they called it, but it was uh, allegedly for the media. <laughs> Because everything could then be written off, right? Uh, well, but of course. The scouts, opposing managers, and of some members of the Griffith operation were in there also. And uh, but the twins' room was downstairs in the basement corridor or the under, you know, the corridor down at the end, right next to the visiting clubhouse. And uh, this, but this one that uh, Bob Ryan, I said, I said this earlier in the three o'clock hour was referring to, uh, the legend is, it was the uh, California Angels press corps and uh, early 60s, and they were wandering. Uh, they, they, it was a day game, so it was 1 o'clock, so I don't know whenever they got to the press room to start drinking. Uh, might have been 6 p.m., 5 p.m., something like that. But the legend is sunrise was just, the sun was starting to peak up, so it was the middle of the summer. And uh, and they were walking across the parking lot, uh, and I'm not sure Met Stadium was even Met Center was even built yet. But they were going over to the Thunderbird where they were staying, and <laughs> as I said earlier today, it looked like looked like a scene out of Lawrence of Arabia by all uh, the guys were like like 20 yards apart, uh, going at different pace, cl- carrying their uh, every carrying shirt their, untucked, carrying their typewriters <laughs> and stumbling over there. And uh, now we had some uh, fantastic uh, times in the in the press room back then. Uh, when I I first started uh, getting access to there on occasion was in '70 at the St. Paul paper. I, I was covering high schools, but in the summer they'd have me come out and write a once in a while write a twin story. It wasn't until '74 that I was there all the time. But I I probably sneaked in there for a drink. Uh, uh, as early as 1970. Ah, well, you these, have to, the, yeah. These guys were long since past, but uh, 
There are some uh, fantastic stories, uh, and the best ever, I guess, I've told this several times, but the, the bartender was a guy named Artie Ruane. And Artie uh, used to be the clubhouse attendant for the Millers, I believe. And somehow he got in with the Griffiths, and they didn't know what to do with him. But they put him to work as a bartender in the press room. Oh, my God, what and a great job. That Artie, was had a, Artie had a bad leg. Uh, some injury he'd had. He had a, a, bad, a bad, from the service. It wasn't the war, I don't think, but from, I think it was maybe from the service. But he had a bad left leg. And Artie was the nicest guy you ever want to meet. Except once, you know, he and he was behind the bar and serving the drinks before the game. You'd get a really nice meal in there and a and a cocktail or two if you wanted it before the game. And then, uh, then the game then then it was closed, right? The, then it was closed mm-hmm. when the game started. Except Artie'd stay in there and then he'd just start drinking. <laughs> so. By the time you got down after the game, because, you, you know, you go down, you go to the locker room. So you wouldn't get back down for like an hour and a half after the game. Now, back then we played, what, 220, 230. Sure. Yep. So, so four hours after the game, you'd get back down there. Games were starting at 730, so 1130 or so. And Artie would be on the other side of the bar, and people would be serving him. And he had a tendency to get a little belligerent when he got to his Irishman who got full of whiskey. He'd be uh, <laughs> full of beer. And, uh, of course, the, the famous story is uh, it was he, he loved the double play, as I told you. You know, if you couldn't, he thought Bobby Randall was a better second baseman than Rod Carew because he could make the double play. Oh, yeah. That was the whole thing with Artie. You could make the double play. And he, Mazeroski was a coach with Seattle. The Number one double play guy, and he's in the Hall of Fame basically because he's the greatest double play guy that ever lived, right, Mazeroski? Sure. And Mazeroski liked his whiskey too, and so he was in there drinking. And it's now one thirty in the morning, maybe. And Artie for two hours has been telling Mazeroski he's a fraud and he couldn't make the double play. <laughs> so that Artie knows more about making the double play than him. Well, of course. So I was in there. Quillacy was in there. I think Frank by then was probably an announcer, not a not a manager, but Frank was in there. Uh, Mikey Robertson, the traveling secretary, was in there. Myself, I can't remember what other writer was in there, but anyway, we cleaned out all. We moved all the tables and chairs to the side, so we'd have room for Artie Ruane to show Mazeroski how to make the double play, <laughs> and put a towel down as second as base. As the base, yep. And uh, Quillacy was the shortstop. He was going to feed the ball to Artie. <laughs> Artie was going to come over second and make the throw across to first base. And Mikey Robertson was a pitcher, and we were the spec. We were the writers covering the, the event, you know. And Mazeroski was the base runner, and he was going to come over, and oh, no. and Artie would have to dodge him. And this is one thirty in the morning. Future Hall of Famer Bill Mazeroski goes sliding into Artie as Artie's going to make the double play. Well, the ball's already bounced off Artie's chest because he's. You know, A, he's not an athlete. He's 70 years old with a bad leg, and he's drunk. And he's drunk. (laughs) Yeah, which is the odds of him turning the double play aren't real good. Mazeroski slides into him, knocks him ass over teacup. (laughs) With the bad leg, Artie's bad leg is straight up in the air. His glasses are on the side of his head. 
Uh, and, you know, and the ball's bouncing around the, the room, you know, because it hit him in the chest and it's bouncing around the room. You know, we first we got to make sure Artie's alive. Right. right. Is he still and breathing? Second, and second, we get him up. And uh, we get him up to his feet and said, kind of t- wiping him off and making sure he's okay. And he looks at Mazeroski and says, I told you I could make the bleeping double play. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm glad I'm sober, but I'm glad I had a few years of drinking. Oh, my uh, God. Because I would have been home and I would have missed that. Yes. You know, I would have been there to see my children off to school. <laughs> But I would have missed it. You can do that any day. Right. Right? You can do that any day. In the off season. Not every day you can see the greatest pivot man in the history of Major League Baseball and future Hall of Famer slide in and knock the bartender on his ass at 1.30 in the morning on carpeting. You, you can't see that every day. Pat, there's one how thing. How many that... people, you know how many people have seen that? There was about six of us. I was going to say about there's a half only dozen. only six witnesses. I now wish I could create a bleeping time machine and go back and be a sports writer in the 70s yeah, covering and, and, baseball. And I think we we, we pretty much were, 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 were taking note of the historical moment. I think we all said, eh, maybe we should just have one more and leave. You know, this is, <laughs> one it's more about cool, time. One more cool-down beer. It's about time. <laughs> Let's have one more gin and tonic and then we'll leave. Okay. Anyway, that's of all the great events in uh, in the press room. That was number one. I'll take that over the uh, uh, Angels writers stretched out across the parking lot, uh, walking back to the center. So real hotel. quick, you said Mazeroski was working as a, a as I think a, he was a coach for the Mariners. Oh, he was a coach for the Mariners. Okay, yes, I believe that's what he that was is doing fantastic. That. That's what I think he was. But yeah, Bill would. Uh, there were some coaches in the league that uh, liked it. Uh, another one of my favorite was uh, when Mayo Smith was the Tigers manager in there, and Earl Wilson had been the pitcher and the catcher uh, for the Twins. He swung and missed at a pitch in the dirt. And it was strike three, and the inning was over, and the catcher was Paul Ratliff back then. I actually, because of baseball reference, could look this up. And Ratliff rolled the ball back to the mound and... All of a sudden, everybody started yelling at Earl Wilson to run, right? Yep. So Earl runs to first, and the Twins are still running off the field. Earl runs to second, the Twins are still running off the field. Running, and Earl runs to third, he gets to third, and Brant Allier, who was a character but one of the laziest players that ever lived, is still jogging in, and all of a sudden, Earl's deciding he's going to run home. And he runs around third. Now he's running hard. He runs around third because there's no other twins on the field, and he pulls a hammy uh, when he gets around third, and he's laying there in pain, and Allier comes, picks the ball up, and goes over and tags him. And <laughs> and after the game, Mayo Smith is in the press room, and he was crazy, the manager, having uh, several cocktails and <laughs> pantomiming the whole play for us. Is, uh, you would have liked to have seen that one, too, because Earl says, that damn, I mean, Mayo says, that damn Earl wasn't satisfied with a triple. He had to get a home run out of it. <laughs> that was fun, too. All right, we'll be back. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. 
going to go as planned. Um, I think that's the biggest that take away from everything here. Um, it just has been a been a rocky hill, uh, up and down roller coaster type of type of four years. But I learned a lot from it, and um, I wouldn't trade for anything else. That is Nate Mason, who will uh, play his last Gopher basketball game on the raised floor of Williams Arena this evening against the Iowa Hawkeyes, who are 3-13, and by the way. So this is a pretty even. I, I think they're tied with the Gophers, right? They're both 3-13. and yes. Iowa, Iowa having a horrible year, and uh, the Gophers also, because and one good reason being a lot of injuries and a suspension and other things, they haven't played worth a damn. But uh, Nate Mason has uh, been a pretty good Gopher for four years here. He had the incident as a sophomore when he got uh, hooked up with that idiot Kevin Dorsey, and uh, Kevin Dorsey sent out the videotape, and Nate ended up having a suspension at the end of his career. What I appreciated about that whole thing is uh, you remember Nate's father just basically coming out and saying, you know, what a dummy the kid was and uh, that uh, that's not the way he was raised. And uh, Nate came back, had two uh, dang good seasons. He reminds me a lot of Mark Wilson when Mark Wilson played for the Gophers, and he had to go through some very bad times. But uh, with, Remind as me, far who, as the who's Mark Wilson? What, what era? Played in the uh, 80s, wasn't it? Okay. Uh, or was, no, he was here... Uh, was he here after the Madison? Yeah, after the Madison thing, he was here. Okay. Uh, came in and was a really good left-handed guard and had to lose a lot of basketball games, but he kept uh, kept fighting, and uh, he was a good player. Nate Mason, he's only 41 points from becoming the fifth leading scorer in Gopher history. What? Uh, can pass McHale and Jacobson if he gets 41 more points. Holy cow. Uh, and... Uh, you or know, are there are there some points uh, like did Bobby Jackson lose some points or something like that? Well, Bobby only played two years. So that's he true. Yeah, he that's be true. On a career list like that, but uh, Nate Mason uh, and you know there's they play more games even yeah, even if you don't point. have a good year you you play uh, thirty games. Yeah, good point. Good point. Instead of twenty seven, but he's been a good player, and uh, their last victory they had was at Penn State, and uh, he you know kind of took over that overtime, and they ended up uh, winning that game. He started off uh, four different high schools, so you didn't know what you were getting when you got him uh, down in Georgia, but he came here, he stuck it out, and uh, he will be honored tonight with uh, a couple other seniors, right? Uh, Kanate and uh, Gaston. He's a senior too, right? Well, he's got to be. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, and uh, hopefully the crowd will give those two fellas polite applause before they give Nate Dorsey a nice cheer, right? Nate Mason. Nate Mason, excuse yes. me. Nate Crosby, where the hell is No, you said from? Dorsey. 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 Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Don't sue me. No. I wonder where that, did that dummy ever he end up He transferred somewhere, but then I, I think he was. Colorado kicked, State. I thought he, he was, wasn't there. He and, kicked off the team or something like yeah. that. I forget what happened. Yeah, but but was, Nate Mason is the kid that you feel bad for, given that <laughs> this team was expected to contend and expected to have a really good season. And he is the one kid that you do feel bad for how the season shaped out. Izzo, now Izzo says nice things about kids he competes against all the time. Uh, Izzo says he's an nba or What do you think, man? Really? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, it will be hard. I don't, because he's not really a natural point guard, and I think mm-hmm. that's, they're going to be looking and for that. Size-wise, that's Size-wise, I don't know if you can put him at the two. Plus, I think he's not a good one. shooter either, is he? He's Yeah, he's kind of a mediocre shooter, but, I mean, 
Really good college player, but I don't I don't know if, if he's he plays. Be. He'll, he'll be able to play pro ball, go to Asia, or you know, yeah, he'll or, probably go to Europe, uh, Europe or somewhere. Europe, play. Yeah, Europe sure. looks more for big men, but uh, you know, over in Asia, he'll, he'll he'll be able to play for a few years. And uh, had the one uh, one good year, and the rest of the, and this year, of course, uh, he was expecting that this was the year they might actually make a run in the tournament. And, Andre Hollins has done a nice job over in Europe. Planned, you know, everything. A little so. better shooter, but I don't yeah. think as good an overall player as Nate. Uh, right. Andre, Andre, unlike Nate Mason, his best year he ever had was a sophomore. Yeah. Remember, you know, and then, boy, we that really thought he was. last year, right? Yeah, we really thought he was going to be good, and then his junior year, he didn't have much of a year. He was better as a senior. Remember, was it his senior year that he was terrible for half the year, and then he played pretty well down the stretch? I think so, yeah. When did they win the NIT? It that was, was Patino's first year? year. That was his junior year. That was, that was Andre's year. That junior was year. the year where he did not play well. and then Because the his sophomore year was year. Tubby's last year, and that's, yeah. that's when he was really good. That's when he was and at then, his best. And he and he played good down the stretch in, as a junior. But, yeah, there's a different kind of uh, – Nate Mason, better overall player. But, yeah. Uh, I was reading Marcus's piece today, and, uh, you know, he was all Big Ten last year, I and they – Suggesting that it could happen again, I don't think so. Not when you're three and thirteen. That doesn't get you. But uh, somebody to cheer about tonight. I, you know, one thing: those Iowa games that used to fill up the arena. Oh yeah, that ain't happening. There's going to be about fourteen Iwegians there tonight. Yeah, well, they're three and thirteen. I got news for Fran McCaffrey. They'll let him have one like this. He better not have another one. You know, right? you know why I love Andre Holland so much, gentlemen. On the on what? this particular radio station, he uh, he is uh, the subject of one of my favorite Doogie scoops of all time. What was that? We all love Andre Hollins. I'm keeping tabs on Andre. Him and I DM on Twitter all the time. He's doing well in Belgium. <laughs> you guys, are I like Andre, Andre as a person. <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell me about the Doogie scoop? Was that you tell me about the Wetmore was tell me about the Doogie scoop the other day about? Uh, where he was, uh, oh, oh, Doogie's got the Sid deal down. That when when somebody else comes up with a scoop that he would like to have on the yep. Gophers. Yep. Uh, the other day he told us he had a sick kid and they were in the hospital. <laughs> <and that's- laughs> That was that was basically yeah he had to do the sick kid he had to, had take to stay home with the kid Drugi wasn't doing room. well otherwise he would have gotten the call and uh, but God we love him I no Doogie never change no stay you do uh, not ever change we need you to stay just like you are because he is Sid yes he's Sid yes he's Sid because you you people that are discovering Sid in the last twenty years. You, that's not the real Sid. This is the ornery, crotchety, defensive Sid. You don't have the crazy Sid. <laughs> the, the absolutely insane Sid where nobody else could ever have a story. If it was, his deal was always, if somebody said something was going to happen, and it happened... If somebody said something was going to happen before Sid said it was going to happen, and then it happened, it didn't really, that didn't give any credence to the original report because right. 
it hadn't been the decision hadn't been made yet. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was kind of you know I, that was the crazy shit. I, and I'm reminded I need to do a much better job of monitoring the scoop segment during Mackie and Judd and coming away with gems just like I that. I think so because we need to have almost a scoop power ranking on this show. That's right. Well, I would uh, I'd Randy from Randy from Cottage Grove. Yep. And Doogie. I'd offer them cash. Oh, I'd 100%. Give them, yes. I'd give them 300 bucks a piece if they sold those two guys to me. <laughs> Straight up. I'd, I'd love 300 bucks. The Scoops and Randy from Cottage Grove, I'd give Mackie and Judd each $300. <laughs> but then they can't use them. Right. I got them. They're all for us. What do you got, uh, man? I, I found a uh, story from uh, last summer, actually, from Inside the Rams, a uh, website that covers Colorado State Rams uh, sports. All right. Dateline Fort Collins. Colorado State guards Kevin Dorsey and Kevin Little are both transferring from the program, multiple sources tell inside the Rams. Dorsey, who transferred from Minnesota at the end of the 15-16 season after being suspended by head coach Richard Pitino, spent this past season as a walk-on at CSU hoping to earn a scholarship once he was eligible to play. Instead, he will continue. He will be continuing his career at Indian Hills Community College, where he'll have three wow. years of eligibility remaining. Well, by the way, that I actually ran across that myself a while back, Manny, and I looked it up, and he wasn't on the Indian Hills roster. Oh my God! Wow. <laughs> nice job there, Coach Patino. Remember all the uh, pub he gave us about the great ability of Kim. He was Isaiah Washington, in the sense that the game was. The early this season, Isaiah Washington, when the game was all about him, but right. he never never had that kind of ability. Well, it's his hope going forward. Do hey, how he, come we uh, put the fork in Isaiah the other night? How come we never? What I mean, he made a couple of bad plays, and then he never played. The you talking about the last, Wisconsin game? Yeah, what was that? I, the last fifteen minutes, he was off the court. I basically. think it was it was because of poor play was the reason he wasn't on the court. I get it. I mean, he, he's. He's a kid that you're going to need in the future. Yeah, he's been pretty good lately. So anyway, uh, I'm still betting against him being back next year, but that's just me. I I think he'll transfer. Well, I think I dropped I dropped that too as like a piping hot take that that I thought he was going to transfer after the year. I think he'll go back to New York where he can put it up 35 times a game for the Manhattan Jaspers or somebody like that. Don't you? That'd be my guess. But I'm just guessing. I'm not telling you it's going to happen. I'm just. Predicting that's going to happen. We'll be back. Give us 30 minutes and we'll give you everything Cubs. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is like that. Jess Myers now joins the ride with Royce right for this edition of the Hockey Half Hour. Jess Myers, it's looking more and more like uh, Chuck Fletcher was wise not to let Las Vegas talk him out of uh, Jason Zucker. Huh? You don't think Alex Tuck would have been the answer back there? No, I don't know. You're you're, you're probably right. I mean, uh, the way he's playing recently, especially, and the crazy part about Zucker, he's scoring goals, but it seems like it's always on the road. He's like 
He's like top six in the NHL. He's got 15 goals on the road, 15 of his 25. Um, but, you know, and you got to score. You know, the rink is the same size no matter where you play. But, yeah, the way he's playing away from home for a team that has played generally pretty lousy on the road, uh, that's kind of fun to watch, and it's a good thing for them. He, uh, what is he now, 26 maybe? I want to say 26. Yeah, right yeah. in there. Uh, you know, and, and and the only Las Vegas native playing in the NHL, which is, you know, for folks who don't know, that would be the, the reason that the, the Golden Knights would have had some interest and may still, you know, if he's a free agent someday. He goes back to being drafted probably by Risebrow, huh? Um. Yeah. When was he at Denver? When was he at? No, uh, no, because he was at Denver. You know, in the, earlier in this decade. So okay. yeah, he he was definitely a, a, a Fletcher pick. Um, you know that we still got the Jets, right? Oh yeah, good good wheels and a, and a good release uh, with with the stick. Uh, you know, a lot of goal, game winning goals this year, and he's got a career high. I mean, twenty four five goals is a career high for him. So you know, having a career year at the right time, they've got him on that second line, uh, usually with Koivu and and Granlin. So it's two speedy guys with with Koivu who doesn't necessarily have the speed, but you know, plays with a little more grit. They uh, they've already paid him, right? Zucker. Yeah. They yeah. don't have to. Uh, they don't have to worry about that. No, huh? he's he's in he's in good shape that way, and you know, settling into the community. Although you know, he's still. Uh, I talked to him a couple summers ago. He was back here for a golf tournament. He was still at the time living here in the winter in Las Vegas in the summer. I told him you're kind of doing that reverse snowboard thing. <laughs> I don't I don't understand how that would make any sense. You know, you want it to be either ten degrees or a hundred and ten degrees. No no in between. So. Uh, so did uh, Grandlin's uh, decision not to sign a long-term contract? Is that uh, he's what's he got a two-year deal, right? Yeah. Is he uh, did he make a mistake here? Should he taken five years of money? How's he playing? Well, I mean, he's playing fine. You know, he's never going to be the the superstar, at least not in this system. But the risk you take with a guy like Grandlin wanting to sign a a shorter-term deal, or you know, or to to not lock himself up for a long time. You got some team out there that will pay him. You know, some team will will make him the offer that says, you know, you're going to be the focus of our offense. You're going to be the top line guy uh, on the wing for us or on center, wherever you want to play. You know, so you, you you look at a team like Arizona that's way way under the salary cap. Um, they're going to pay him. So that's the risk, you know, of of not locking him up to a longer term deal. Is uh, he's got an agent that will make him believe he's going to be a star somewhere. So it must have been at least two years ago that I uh, they wanted me to write a column on opening night of the uh, Wild, maybe three, I don't know when. And my prediction was this, the guys that were going to get us past the Blackhawks, which we, we're, we're now past the Blackhawks, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> the Blackhawks can't pass themselves. <laughs> but uh, were the, the, the three studs were going to be, you know, Zucker, Nita Ryder, and Dumba. How am I doing? Need a writer got hurt, uh, so played better lately since he's yeah, since he's bounced yeah, I, back. I, I think is... he's I think he's still the the guy that if I was the other team I wouldn't want to play against. But what what how's my guy Dumba doing? Dumba's fine, you know, and he, and that was Judd. Judd isn't rep, ripping him lately. He hasn't oh, given Judd's up too many dumb everybody. goals. You know, Judd, Judd's convinced this team is you know one bad period away from quitting on the coach and all of that and blow him up. Yeah, this is what I love. I I would like to moderate a debate between you and Judd because you know you you've got him winning a playoff series, and <laughs> yes. and Judd's got him maybe never winning another game. So. Well, he follows him much more closely than I do, but I say it's hockey. 
and uh, you know the goalies, the goaltending's pretty good. Yeah, and you got enough. You score Although, more goals. You score more goals than you used to. Although, yeah. what? Uh, Dubnik can't stop shots to his glove hand. All of a sudden, he's really? letting in all these goofy, you know, shots to the glove side that look eminently stoppable, and. Huh. Nobody can figure it out. I mean, now kind of we're like doing Chuck like... Chuck Knobloch throwing to first base. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what I love, too, is you, you read, you know, some of the deep dives on this, and they're getting into all the statistical analysis of, of you know, why he can't suddenly, you know, stop shots going to that side. And, you know, there's all these stories about how he does this advanced training on his eyes, and if his eyes are fooling him now, and oh, my goodness. Yeah, but uh, last week he was... Player, the second star right. in the league. Right. So and how thankful. bad can it be? See, this is what I wonder. Okay, they're they're playing in New Jersey tomorrow night, right? Yes. They They'll last... beat them 6-1. Well, okay. they've won one game all-time in franchise history in New Jersey. One out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's my question. You had a noon game on Long Island or in, in oh, Brooklyn. Yes, yes. You had a noon game. And then you give them essentially two and a half days, two and a half off, days off in New yeah. York City. Mm-hmm. How could that go wrong? You know, that, I was uh, I was fearful of this. I wonder if they put them in a hotel out on the turnpike oh, or no. they let them stay. They stayed in Manhattan. They I stayed think. in Manhattan, right out, right on Madison Square. Uh, oh, yeah, right, good right yeah. in an area where if you're prone to do so. You can find trouble for yourself, and then you got to turn right around and play again Friday, right? Yeah, and then you got back to back. So why do you make two and a half days and then play back to back? That's that's the NHL already. That's yeah. You don't want to go up against women's hockey tonight or something like that. I don't. I I can't figure it out. I'm 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 bewildered by it. So so you know if those were your three, and and I'm surprised of your three guys for the future that you wouldn't include. Charlie Coyle in that, at least looking at it three years well, ago. Well, three years ago. I but know. but here's a guy who seems to kind of has resurrected himself, maybe in just the last couple of weeks. I mean, you know, everybody he's was talking. He's always resurrecting himself. He's and, then a con- he, then, and as soon as you're right, boy, he's arriving, then he goes back, and then for three weeks he doesn't do anything. Right, right. I, it, it's, that, that, it's, uh, it's, you know what, though? That's athletes. That's athletics. True. Sometimes you're hot and sometimes you're not. I did a piece tomorrow on a Jorge Polanco. Yeah. Okay. In July of last year, he was four for 51. And uh, <laughs> four for 51. And he'd been basically taken out of the lineup eight out of 10 games. Starting August 2nd, he hit 10 home runs and drove in 42 runs the last two months of the year and hit 315. I get it's athletics. You're up and you're down, and there's only unless you're a great, great one. My favorite part of that syndrome and applying it to other sports is the backup quarterback who's forced into action late in the season, plays great in the last three games in garbage time, and all of a sudden is a sought-after free agent. I call it the Scott Mitchell syndrome. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The greatest thing that ever happened to the Vikings was not being successful in their pursuit of Scott Mitchell. All right, we shall be back and uh, talk about the surprising gold medal final tonight. Canada versus the U.S. I'm shocked. Ride with Royce. Geared to the automobile, a complex mechanism that must be operated by an even more complex entity. Royce on 1500 ESPN. And this portion of the Ride with Royce is brought to you by our friends at Venture Bank. 
getting you caught up on the week in pucks. It's the Hockey Half Hour with Jess Myers. A combination that requires the highest level of conditioning, speed, creativity. On the ride with Royce. Hey, Jess, uh, Wickenheiser doesn't play for Canada anymore, does she? I don't and, think uh, so. I'm looking she's, at the she's roster about right 50 now. now right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She but... played in like seven Golden Wood. <laughs> Haley Wickenheiser. Doug, yeah, I think Doug... she played in every one of them. Yeah. She's not still there. She? No, she's no. not there. I'm, I'm looking no. at their roster. Yeah, no, she's. We win. We win tonight. It's, we're due, aren't we? Well, and, and I think the good news is the U.S. lost to them in the uh, qualifying round, two to one. So they've they... played seven times in this mm-hmm. past winter. You know, they had those yeah. pre-Olympic tours, and they play once yes. in the Olympics. The Americans have won one of them, really, and it was it was decisive. It was like five to one, mm-hmm. but you know, you lost to them last week. And again, granted, you know, uh, you miss a, a shot that should have tied the game with a, a couple seconds left, and you, um, you outplay them generally. In the true. Uh... In the true spirit of the Olympic sportsmanship, we're going to have a fight at the end of the game, no matter what, I think just we like should. we did last time. You know, yeah. and and keep in mind, a lot of these players were there four years ago, where save for hitting an empty net, you win the gold medal, and then you know yeah. Canada ties it up, and then they get a power play in overtime. You see just... who the uh, goalie was that they beat the other day. Uh, the Finland girl was our guy, <laughs> was our gopher, who uh, still lives uh, in the Twin Cities, by the way. Uh, Rati, who Rati, she... yeah. She was the goalie when they won them all, right? Right, when, when they, they went, went 41 and 0. 41 and 0. Although as I said, you know, all these all these Gopher women's hockey fans treating about 41 nothing. I said, you know, for a Vikings fan that means something a little different mm-hmm. when you say 41-0. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, hey, uh so the uh, US team, I didn't see the game. Uh apparently we weren't real good in the shootout, huh? No. We looked five. a little yeah, not only 0 5, but a bad 0 5, from oh, what I understand. Oh, so disappointing. Some very a, ugly opportunities. You know, debate the shootout all you want, but this is what we've got, you know. So find a way yeah. to do something in a shootout. And, you know, again, probably should have won the game in overtime, you know, hit the post late in, late in regulation and, you know, dominate a play in the overtime. Hey, I was stretches. at Lillehammer, Sweden and uh, Finland, and Sweden wins in a shootout to win the gold medal. So that's just life, right? Yep. That's the way it is. Yep, I, it. The, no, the Olympics started it before we did, right? They did. International Yeah, yeah that was uh, that determined the gold medal in, uh, in on more than one occasion. But you talk about uh, Nora Rat the goalie for Finland. Uh, the great part about that is, okay, so she's playing the U.S. and the and the winner goes on to play Canada. And she said before the game, she made a big show that, you know, I'm going to play the game of my life and I'm not going to let any Gophers score on me. Well, like a, I think the first three goals were scored by Gophers. Really? You know, Gigi Marvin gets the first one and okay. one of the Lamaroos, who of course played at North Dakota, but they started. They played their first year with the Gophers before transferring back to North Dakota. And then, uh, you know, I want to say, I don't know who got the yeah. third goal, how many, or something uh, like that. How many uh, hometown War Road players have won a gold medal in hockey? Three. Dave Three, Christian, uh, 1980, and then uh, Bill and Roger Christian in uh, in 1960. So Gigi could join them. Gigi huh? could join them. And then, of course, there were silver medals from guys like Henry Boucher in 72 and, mm. and uh, you know... Uh, some others, uh, Guinea Christian, and so 56. as a War Road guy, you have to be hoping you can add another, you know, gold medal when they paint it in the arena up that, there, right? That would be pretty cool, and you know, and, and they've got a cool display to all the Olympians when you walk right into the arena. It's one of those neat kind of you know small town kind of hometown things. Hey, speaking of Roseau County hockey, how about this bit of controversy? Oh, February twentieth, yesterday, right? Yeah, February twentieth, ten p.m. Roseau. Boys and girls, done for the season on February 20th. What? 
Yeah. Both eliminated? Yeah. The, the girls well, got bo- beat in overtime in their section final, and the boys got beat in their first section playoff game. And that is not sitting too well in the western half now, of the Now, are they County. playing A or double A? They're playing they double, playing A. double A. Yep. And who beat them? Uh, they got beat by St. Cloud last night. And, I, and not only and St. Cloud's only got one team, right? right I mean, they, they got Cathedral and then one public. They school. combined Apollo and and Tech into one program, mm. and it sounds like it's a temporary deal. Talking to Bob Motzko, there's like a dip in numbers right now, but the numbers of the youth hockey levels are good, so they they think they'll be you, back to two you teams. Think this could inspire Rosso to uh, go down to A? Oh, Although A, A, and that. A in that section might be more difficult than double A. That's the third rail of Rozo hockey right there. You don't touch that one. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. There were a couple suggestions of that on Twitter today, and oh, were there some fiery responses about how they will never go back down to Class A. But, you know, who knows? It could happen because your your numbers change over time. But it just, you know, even me as a world guy, I said having Rozo done on February 20th just doesn't seem right. Hey, gentlemen, tell Jess what my... Scalding hot take was yesterday. Uh, you predicted that Bill Belichick wasn't going to return as coach. <laughs> no, that was a previous. One. That's right. Uh, it was that the Gophers, Gopher men's hockey team is going to win the national championship. Yes, that's this Gopher men's hockey team. hot take. Yes, this team because everybody's down on them. They got plenty of talent. They got Middlestead. They got Breestead. They got now they got the new goalie Robson. Hey, how about how about Bristed? By the way, you want to talk a sad story? It's it's parents' weekend last weekend because you know senior weekend. Oh no, They're, they came over here from parents flew over from 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 Sweden. Yeah, and on about Wednesday, Bristed gets sick and can't play oh, either no. game. Not even injured, just it just like the flu kind of thing. You know, so he's out there wearing a suit. I would have had to tough it out for mom and dad. Oh. If I so was mom there. and dad all the way you know over what? from Stockholm. You know what that teaches you? Parents, stay home. Just just <laughs> yeah. stay away. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to go watch yeah. every damn game. Well, I was, you board. know, I was in a suite courtesy 1500 uh, yes. last weekend. I, we watched him play Ohio State with a bunch of fans. Had a nice time. Couldn't score. Couldn't get any goals going. And that was, you know, and they scored, uh, I think, Three goals on the weekend and, and split with Ohio State when, uh, well, and technically they tied, I guess, but they lost the shootout, which doesn't really count. Uh, so they still need one point to clinch home ice even in a you know what is a surprisingly tight Big Ten race once you get past Notre Dame, which just ran away with the title this Don't year. Don't worry. The log jam will be broken. The Gophers are going to win it right in uh, the XL Energy Center where they've never won one, right? Oh, wait. No, they won one in 2002. Oh, the two. I was thinking that was Civic Center. But that was the new place. No, the last two in that building have been won by Minnesota teams because, of course, UMD won it in 2011 mm-hmm. when it was in St. Paul. We could have time. three out of the four could be Minnesota teams here. The Gophers, oh, yeah. St. Cloud, and uh, Mankato. Yeah, well, don't, fantastic. Don't, don't then, count out UMD because they're playing pretty well as well. Hey, speaking uh, of local teams, St. Cloud yeah. State hosting Denver this weekend. That'll essentially yes. be for the NCHC title. Whoever... Uh-huh. Uh, Comes out on top of that series, and the Huskies are in good good position. I think they've got about a seventy five percent chance of winning it. So uh, we've got to come back and uh, tell her what uh, what is on the Great Outdoor Show. We're in a hurry here, Jess. What is coming up on the Great Outdoor Show, sir? We are in the Olympic spirit. We're going to talk to the head of the Minnesota Biathlon Association. Oh, Did you know really? that there are biathlon courses in northern Minnesota where you can ski and, that. And yeah. ski and shoot and all that? Ski and shoot and ski and shoot and ski and shoot. Absolutely. It's a very uh, difficult it's a very difficult shooting after you've skied a mile. Absolutely. Trying to calm your heart rate down. We're going to talk about all that because there are some very good young biathletes coming out of Minnesota. Okay, they might do a Jesse Diggins for us uh, eight years from now. Thanks, Jess. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. 
And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.